0: Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, the anticipation is finally here. Welcome to the very first episode of this Conversation with Shelby Green. I am your host, the one and only, the main man, Shelbo Nasty, Big Shelby, Big O' Shelbo, Big Daddy Shelbo. <laughs> That's funny, ain't it? Otherwise known, you can call me Shelby Green, plain and simple. So, finally getting this damn thing off the ground for years and years of stalling and bullshit after bullshit after bullshit after bullshit. After bullshit. So let's go ahead and do this, oh by the way, hold up, swig of water for the working man. Ah, oh, that's good ass water, Bob. yeah, alright, so basically let's talk what this show is going to be about and why I've been delayed so much, what's going on, well obviously I know about three or four years ago I wanted to do a podcast, everybody knows I've been trying to get off the ground, been getting off the ground, I wanted to do a solo show of my own and things like that. Well, I didn't have my financial bearings in the into this because I'm the type of guy. If I'm gonna do something and it's gonna cost me some money, I'm not gonna be cheap about it. <laughs> I'm not, man. I'm gonna try and spend as much money as I can to make it all out, out. And I didn't have my shit together. I didn't. And uh, long story short, I had an apartment complex I was gonna do it with uh, in, but unfortunately, they wouldn't uh, let me do it because of of something to do with noise complaints or whatever, which I understand why, but then again, I really don't give a shit, to be honest with you, what people thought. I was going to do it anyway, but I didn't have the money, like I said. Then I got to another apartment complex. I was going to do that, but the second bedroom was taken up for some other things, and I'll disclose on that, so I couldn't do it then. Then I bought a house, and I was going to do it that, but I ended up selling the house and making a hell of a profit, and now I'm in a position in my life where it's like, you know, the wait is over. So... Obviously, you know, I had to get my bearings together and get a lot of things going. So, um, basically, like, the whole this whole show, the theme of this show, before I get to the theme, actually, I'm backtracking. I'm jumping ahead. I need to slow down. Basically, um, I'm in a position where I'm able to do this, and it's becoming a part-time job. I have another podcast, uh, shooting the shit with the homie Price Johnson, a.k.a. Trip, and it streams every Thursday. As I know right now, we are on every major uh, spot, uh, podcast platform, except for Apple Podcasts. We have not heard back from that yet. I'm wondering why. We're not doing anything wrong, so we should be on there pretty soon, but we are on Spotify. We're on Amazon. We're on um, Google. We're, you can find us anywhere. Uh, we ain't on YouTube, and I don't think we're ever going to put it on YouTube, to be honest with you, unless we get a camera in here, and I really don't want to put a camera in here right now. That's more money. So, Obviously, we're doing a lot of good things. Obviously, I got a lot of good things going on. So let's talk about this podcast. Conversations with Shelby Green. What's the basis of the show? What's it going to be about? What's it all about? What's this? What's that? Basically, conversations with uh, Shelby Green is basically going to be like for right now. The first two episodes, which I have planned, I'm going to tell you what they're going to be about, and we're going to get into what I'm going to do today. Basically, we're going to do reviews on movies, music. We're going to talk about we talk. We're going to do video game reviews. I'm going to have casual guests on, friends, co-workers, you know, people maybe in other industries. You know, eventually, right now, I'm working with one mic. And because I have to get another mic, uh, mic, because for some reason I can't have two Nano Blue mics working on this this laptop for some whatever reason, I can't get them to cross platform. So I gotta get another microphone, and then we'll be off to the races, man. I gotta get my room organized the way I need it to, so I can move this, so we can get it in a position where I can have guests over here for it, because I cannot wait for that. But I got some plans for that coming up. I'm gonna announce at the end of the show what I'm gonna do with that. So let's talk about the basis of what also I'm going to talk about. We are going to talk sports, movies, music, you know, you know, anime, um, draw the blank, video games, obviously, you know, like I said, close friendships, no religion, politics. Let me be honest with you guys. I'm not religious. I am very spiritual, but that ain't my thing. And politics can play my simple heart. Political leaders can go fuck themselves as long as I'm concerned. And that's coming from my heart. And I mean it, um, I want to have debates with people. I would like to have a horror film seminar on this podcast. Eventually, one day, have three to four guys in a room. We can all have a big debate about horror films. And I have got some guys in mind for that. I actually got two guys for sure that I think would be good, not including me, because I consider myself a pretty damn good, knowledgeable person when it comes to horror films. Also, concepts of the shows. If you come on, say, for example, if I've asked you to come on the show... And, like, I have some planned guests already I've already talked to, but if you think there's a horror film out there that I haven't seen or any movie in general you think that I would like, you think I've not seen, send it to me. Message me on all my social media accounts. Anywhere you can find me. You know, I got an Instagram, I got a Snapchat, and I got a Facebook. You can message me anytime. And you can look me up and, and say, have you ever seen this? I'm like, maybe the answer is just a no. And if I haven't, then guess what? I can watch it. You can come on the show. We can review it together. It'd be an interesting conversation we can have. So I think that's one thing we could talk about. Um, this is gonna be a more there, there are gonna be a lot of movie reviews on here, but I will let you know the it was gonna be it's gonna be leaning more towards horror films because I am a horror film horror film fanatic. I almost said horror. Horror film fanatic. And uh I will continue like actually the first horror film I'm gonna review is gonna be today on the show. And we're going I'm gonna tell you what that is. You probably already know what it is if you know me by now. But that's gonna be the thing. Um I also the shooting the shit, everybody knows me, I'm a big pro wrestling fan. Shooting the shit with price, we usually talk about pro wrestling, so I'm gonna try everything I can to do to keep pro wrestling off this podcast. But my dad and I have talked about him coming on here and we do it a whole we talk about territorial wrestling. In the old school days of pro wrestling, for just a special edition one day. Uh, Dad and I talked about that, but I think it's going to be us talking about sports, be honest. What you're telling stories about us being stupid, being as stupid as kids. Ah, good Lord, bless his heart. Uh, but overall, guys, you know, we're going to get right into the meat and potatoes of things, what we're going to talk about today. So, what are the, um, you know, I've been thinking about a lot of things like what can we talk about in the podcast and, you know, how can I keep this interesting? And I'm going to tell you right now the first three episodes that are planned. Today, I'm going to talk about, you know, the world of sports. I'm going to talk about, like, my favorite teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to talk a little Louisville Cardinal basketball. Because there ain't much to talk about. about, And I'm going to talk about a little Louisville Cardinal football. And I'm going to review the Texas Chainsaw Massacre film that came out recently about a week or two ago. And I'm going to tell you what I think about it. And I'm going to score it. And I'm going to rank the franchise of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre films here today on the show. And then... I'm going to close the show with what I got planned for the next two weeks and then it's off to the races. Now... Let's talk a little sports. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, everybody knows me. I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Always have been, always will be. I am a terrible towel fanatic. I am a Steel Curtain man. I am a defensive guy. I love the Pittsburgh Steelers. Grew up a fan of them. My dad was a fan of them. You know, grew up. He told me, he told me stories about the 70s with Bradshaw and those guys. Telling about the Steelers, you know, with Greg Lloyd and that crew of guys, you know. and You know, you know, when I first started watching sports, I was in the fifth grade. That's when the, the, the Steelers – Big Ben Roethlisberger's for rookie years when I really started watching paying attention to sports. Like, i always watched it. And also, want to add, we're going to talk a little boxing, too, on here as well. So, um, in my opinion, everybody knows my question. What do the Pittsburgh Steelers need? Well, we need a quarterback. Everybody knows that's the uh, answer. Mason Rudolph is punch drunk. I don't want him as a starting quarterback for me. He is not. He can be a backup all he wants. He ain't a starting quarterback. I'd like to see Dwayne Hassens get a chance. But I think it's a maturity level. Josh Dobbs, I think we've seen enough of Dobbs. I don't think that he's the answer either. Personally, everybody says we might get Aaron Rodgers. Let me tell you something. If Aaron Rodgers was 33 or 34 or even 35 years old, I'd jump the gun. The dude's in his late 30s. We're going to get one or two good years out of him? No. Personally, in my opinion, I think they need to draft a quarterback. And Kelly Pickett from Pittsburgh is probably the guy I would go with. There's not really a solid quarterback in this draft, but that's what I think. Now... There's also other positions. Yes, the offensive lines beat it, but it's young. I think it can develop. Pittsburgh Steelers really need a defensive tackle because power running killed us this year. Downhill running killed us all year long. If you're a Steelers fan, you know what I'm talking about. We got killed on the ground this year, and that's surprisingly for a Steelers team. That's very surprising. So what I think could happen, and this is just me talking here, I honestly believe that, you know, the D-tackle would be nice. I think we're a corner away from having a damn good secondary. And I think we need another linebacker. I think that's weird saying the Pittsburgh Spillers, one of their weakest positions is linebackers. So quarterback, D-tackle, linebacker, and a corner. I think those are the four things we need to look at. Uh, our uh, wide receivers, you know, I like Deontay Johnson a lot. I'm a big fan of him. I'm a big fan of Chase Claypool's potential, man. He can be so good. Pat Fomadon and tight end, if I said his name wrong, I haven't got it down right, if I said his name wrong. I think he's great, man. He's a rookie. He's young. Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, I get asked all the time about Juju. I like Juju, and I think Juju. Everybody, he gets a bad rap. You know, they say, he's, "Well, he's not a great receiver; he's kind of overrated." I don't think it's that. I think he's been, he, you know, the year after Yabu left, it was his year, and he got hurt, and Ben got hurt too that year. And then the second year, he, you know, the last two years, he's had to play a role because Ben can't, Ben could not fucking physically move. So Juju, some flashes, he can be a number one, or at least a number two. Um, I hate to see him go, but if he has to go and sign somewhere else because of money issues, I get it, man. He gambled last year, and he got hurt, and it sucks. It really did. He got hurt the way he did. But overall, man, I'm a Steelers fan. I'm excited. Uh, the only thing that worries me, we've got playing, playing a tough-ass AFC North, man, you know. The Cincinnati Bengals made a run in the Super Bowl. Yep, they finally made a run, and I'm so glad they got beat, too. That's not me being a hater, It's me being a Steelers fan. Congratulations on your run, but I'm very glad you got beat. Um... You know, Joe Burrow's a bad man. And, you know, that that, wire, that, that core wide receiver with Higgins and Boyd and Jamal Chase, man, this badass He got mixed in the backfield. They're nice, man. They add some core to that defensive depth, man. They get to rebuild their line. And Cincinnati will be a problem for years. They keep that core together, and they put some pieces around They can They can easily get back there, I think. Um, of course, Baltimore. And I'm going to address this for the final time and the only time on this podcast. Yes, Lamar Jackson is a Baltimore Raven. Yes, I know he's my enemy, but let me explain something to you. The three years at the University of he did for University of Football, I'm. Pro- it was an exciting time in my life. I watched that guy win a Heisman Trophy. I watched him tear Florida State's ass apart his sophomore year. I watched him go down to Death Valley on a Saturday night, and that loss still haunts me to this day against Deshaun Watson. That crew of guys. The guy's a Louisville kid. I mean, he wasn't. I mean, he's a Louisville guy. So, you're damn right I'm wishing the best. Now, here's why I want it. I want, when he plays the Steelers, I want Lamar to get 500 yards of offense. But I want the Steelers to win the game. And I'll be honest with you, if I wasn't a Steelers fan, I'd probably be a Baltimore Ravens fan because they're very similar to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Smash mouth football, defense is always good. I've always been that way about the the, – you know Baltimore. I've always respected them. They're they my enemy, and I don't have to like them. But I respect them. I mean, how can I dislike Ed Reed and Ray Lewis and Jamal Lewis and Steve Air McNair and that crew? Of, you know McNair played for him for a little while, and you know that crew of guys they used to have man that Baltimore and Terrell Suggs, My God, I mean, how can I hate that? Those are some of the greatest football games ever, man. I watch those the, the team usually the where that division almost went to the Super Bowl every year. It was it came out between those two teams. So I have to respect Cleveland. Don't even pay attention to him. As long as you got Baker Mayfield at quarterback, it's always going to be this way. The guy couldn't get OBJ the ball. Look what happens when OBJ goes to fucking uh, Los Angeles. Goes to the Rams this year. Look what happens. So that's why I think the Steelers are saying, I think the Steelers are quarterback. There are four positions away, I think, for being in that hunt for a Super Bowl. They need a D-tackle. They need another corner. They need a linebacker and the quarterback play. They get those four things down. I think we can get back on the hunt, even though the AFC is quarterback heavy. I mean, my God, we well, got Patty Mahomes. And by the way, this whole – I see a lot of things about – two years ago, people were saying that Mahomes had potential to potentially be the GOAT. Okay. Now people are saying – there's some people saying he's a little overrated. Let me, let me explain something to you all. Don't jump off that bandwagon. Please don't. Stick to your guns and be 100. Because let me tell you something. That man is the best quarterback in the National Football League. And it ain't even fucking close. Do I think he's a god at the quarterback position? No, but I think he makes some great throws, and I think he's, he's an unbelievable, I think he does some crazy shit sometimes. But, man, i tell you right now. You can give me Patty Mahomes over any quarterback in the league. That's saying I love Lamar Jackson death. I want Patty Mahomes over Lamar Jackson. I don't give a shit who his Dad's probably sitting there going, like, at his mouth dropping, like, are you serious right now? Look, man, if I can't, if, if Mahomes ain't there, I'm taking Lamar. But outside of that, I love Patty Mahomes. But also Justin Herbert's really good. I'm a big fan of him. Joe Burrow, like I said earlier, um, I like Carr for Oakland. The Ray, for Oakland, Las Vegas. It's, it's the old, It's always gonna be Oakland to me. The Ray, I really like him. I mean, I personally think if Denver gets a quarterback, they're in the hunt again. I think their offense is pretty good. I think their offense is pretty freaking good. They got a good core wide receivers. I think I like the running game with Melvin Gordon in the back backfield. Um, I think they got a lot of. I think that that's got potential. Um, but yeah, man. And uh yeah. Let's talk let's talk a little uh, Louisville Cardinal basketball. <laughs> oh god. Look, it's a hard time right now. It's been a hard five or six years. It really has. Chris Mack got that job, and I thought that was the right guy for the job. He had a pretty good grasp on things till COVID happened. Twenty four and seven. People in my time tend to forget that when they were Louisville's healthier, they went on a ten-game winning streak and they the best team in the country. No one was talking about that though. I honestly believe that that year we had a shot to I th- we had a shot that year to really do something. We really, 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 really had a shot to have a run. I don't think we could have won it all at that point because we had some injuries with Malik Williams and that crew of guys, a couple guys. But overall, I think we really had a shot. I really had a shot to get to the Final Four that year. And, of course, the last two years have been miserable, especially this year. My God. I mean, you know, I get really frustrated. People ask me all the time, like, why do I take Louisville basketball so serious? Well, let me tell you something. Where I'm from, man, we ain't got much. We got sports. I didn't grow up. Like, I fish, I've fished before, and I've hunted before. But it ain't my thing, man. I, like, I enjoy fishing. And guns aren't really my thing. You can have them and have them. I don't give a shit. Whatever it is. But I grew up loving sports. And, you know, Look, man, Louisville Cardinal basketballs on TV. Fucking, <laughs> I don't care what was going on. There had to be an they had to be an emergency in my family. Somebody had to be damn near dying for my dad and not to miss a game. That's just the way I was. I grew up. I grew up that way, and I'm proud I grew up that way because you got to be passionate about some things. You know, watching Louisville games with my dad and watch staying out, staying home, watching games kept me out of trouble. Sometimes I'm thankful for it. It's also raised my blood pressure, and I've actually flipped fucking tables, and I've lost my shit sometimes <laughs> watching games. I got some stories to tell you about my dad, man. I wish he was on. We're gonna do that one. I'm gonna get him in the podcast. We're gonna tell some crazy-ass stories about some games and stuff we've watched. But you know, you know, I can go back home down there. the Home is Louisville, Kentucky, and I go home all the time. And you know, it's just, and it's just not that. It's part of the, my opinion, and I know there's some Duke, North Carolina fans got from. It's part of the best rivaling college basketball. Duke and North Carolina fans do not hate each other the way Louisville and Kentucky fans hate each other. It's it's not even close. The hatred that this fan base and these rivals have for each other. Like It's not even close. Like I would never spend a nickel in Lexington, Kentucky. If old me and Freightline, who likes to send me out once in a while, transfer and say, hey, you want to go to Lexington, Kentucky? I said, I will not go to Lexington, Kentucky. You can offer me 500 bucks up front. I won't go. I got too much pride you offer me a grant, I ain't doing it. I swear to God, on my mall's grave and on my eyesight, right here, right now, in front of you, I wouldn't do it. Fuck Big Blue Nation, and I said it right with a ball, with with all heart and sincere, with my chest out. Fuck Big Blue Nation. I don't give a fuck about him. I don't give a shit about him. I don't care about Fat Boy John Calipari. I don't care about Joker, big ass down there the like, like, Commonwealth Stamp that he's got something. Took him ten years to build something down there, and ain't gonna happen because we about to talk about a little football here in a minute, and. I don't give a shit about neither one of those pro, uh either what they do. I don't care about them. Plain and simple. You'll never catch me wearing. I hardly wear blue clothes because of the situation. If, you're really, if y'all really, realize why I wear, wear red and black so much, it's a Louisville thing. I got pride in that shit, man. You know, I'm looking over at my wall right here across from me, man. You know, all my Louisville stuff I got in my house, man. I love this shit. I live for this shit. Fuck, man. I'll tell you right now, ain't nothing worse than a Louisville basketball loss. Whoo, Man. I'm down for two days. Woman could come over here and rub me down, make me feel good. You wanna go to bed, honey? Y'all go to bed. What's wrong? Nothing. What's wrong, baby? Oh, Lola got beat tonight. Is it that serious? Yeah, it's fucking serious. <laughs> the way I grew up, man. <laughs> God. Some of y'all are like, what the fuck? It's the truth, man. I fucking love that shit. Yeah. But they're struggling right now. They're below 500 this year. Sucks. But I'm, I'm not going to miss any games. I had that North. They got beat by North Carolina the other night. Had the game recorded. Came home and watched it. I had to go to work. maybe 12 hours. I sure enough, got home that day, tired as hell, man. But came home and watched the loss. And here's my ass thinking, well, what could they have done differently? Because you know, my dad grew up coaching guys, so I got to sit down to my dad and learn how to learn the game of basketball. Like it's crazy. And I swear to you, just, I'm not making this up about my dad. My dad can literally sit there and tell me. On a live game, what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, whatever. And nine times out of ten, he's right every time. Because he grew up watching college basketball. You can learn more from watching college basketball than anything else in the NBA. You can watch or anything in basketball. High school basketball, too, but college more. So you can watch guys develop and get better and better and better. It's awesome. The NBA is great and everything else. But uh, there ain't nothing like college basketball. And It's the greatest tournament in the world, March Madness. There's nothing better than it. In my opinion, that's just me being a basketball head. I know, but ain't nothing better than it, man. But I think there's three guys that I want to get that Louisville job. Scott Drew from Baylor's my wishful hire. I don't think he'll come, but you know it'd be a wishful. Hire. I like Ed Cooley a lot for Providence. I like his guy, the guys he gets at Providence. I love his wings. He's got good guards. I really like Ed Cooley. I think he would do really well at the University of Louisville. But the guy I think who's gonna get the job and who I want to get the job is Kenny Payne. Now, if people ask who the hell is Kenny Payne, Kenny Payne was an assistant for 13 years under John Fatass Cal Perry at the uh, University of Kentucky. And everybody says, Why would you want Kentucky? Well, here's the thing, guys, and I mean this Kenny Payne was part of the 1986 Louisville National Championship team. Kenny was on that team as a freshman. The team that had never, never, never nervous per- Purvis Ellison, who was the first freshman to win an NBA, a Final Four MVP. It wasn't Carmelo Anthony. It was Purvis Ellison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Billy Thompson and, you know, Milt Wagner and that crew of guys, Jeff Hall. <laughs> you know that crew of guys. You know, that, that was a good time. Coached by the most underrated guy, well, more underrated coach in college basketball, Dick Crumby, that's no fucking credit. Kenny Payne is a Louisville guy, and I guarantee I, I, there's a guy on my doc uh, who's a Kentucky fan, he says, hey, Kenny ain't coming there. <clears throat> I guarantee that alumni is already down there making play. Kenny Payne will get that job. And I swear to God, if he when he gets that job, which I think he will, I'm going to come on here, and I'm going to be gloating like a motherfucker. Straight up, I will be gloating like a motherfucker. Plain and simple. So, also, I'm going to cuss as much as I want because it's my show. Sure I do what I want. Now, let's talk a little football. The visor, Scott Statterfield. I'm not a big fan of him. I'm growing impatient with the stupid ass offense. But at the same time, I really like what he's done this off season. He's hit that transfer portal hard, man. He's he's gotten rid of some guys. A lot of guys are coming back. We got Malik Cunningham back, who I think is the, one of the most underappreciated players in the country. Because I had Malik last year, man, we probably would have won four game, five three games. Malik did a lot for us last year. Um, I really like our, I like the running game. They're going to upgrade the running game. they got new play calls. I mean, not new play calls. New, new, they've added a new offense coordinator, new defensive coordinator. They've added new linebackers. they got new stripping and conditioning coaches. I mean, I like what they're doing, man. I'm really hopeful. I, like I say every year, you get me nine, ten wins, you're competitive every year, I'll take it. Well, like a college football playoff? Yeah, but it ain't going to happen this year. I know it ain't. It's, it's a rebuilding year. That'd be awesome they did. But, you know, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. I want to let this world know, too, also, I got a losing record going to Cardinal uh, uh, Cardinal Stadium where they play football at. I might need to stay away from a year because I, every I, I think they've only, they've only won twice. No, they've won. Yeah, they've won twice since I've been there. I've been there like six or seven times, and I'm two and five, or two and or two and four, or something like that. I, I got. Yeah, yeah. I might win. I might need to stay home this year. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> Tom's a guy I work at OD. He's an older man. He's a he's from Louisville. He gives me and my dad season tickets. Then again, Tom Greenwald persuades us, oh, you know, you guys come down have a good time, you know, and everything else, and very proper-like, and everything else. uh uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, I'm Louisville first cars forever. That thing's true, man. Or like my dad likes to say, Louisville Cardinals for life. Hell yeah. Oh, man. Oh, fuck. I to pop my back there for a second. Also, we're going to talk a lot on comic books here, and I'm a big DC guy, so if you're expecting me to talk about Marvel, I'll talk about it sparingly, but it won't, this is going to be a DC-heavy show, DC Comics. So, and I have an announcement to make on what I'm going to be talking about on the, the weekend of March 4th, too, because that's a big announcement because that's when the Batman movie comes out. So, first movie review we're going to do today, ladies and gentlemen, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. Now, I will let you know this. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, to me, Is very up and down with me. I love the franchise. Um, The rundown every film I'm about to in in short notes. I can't break every film down here because we'll be here to fucking we'll be here to Friday morning. So basically, I'm a big fan of the franchise. It's one of my top three to five favorite horror franchises to be honest with you. Obviously, the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre is groundbreaking, grindhouse, dirty classic horror film. Part two is basically a black comedy. With, but it's a horror film, but it's got comedy elements. It's fucking goofy, but it's great. It's a love-or-hate film. You either love it or you hate it. I love it. Leatherface, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3, I think that's what it's called, is a very forgetful film. It's got a good version of Leatherface, but it's very forgetful. The Next Generation, the fourth film, is... Outside of Matthew McConaughey's performance, it's a little over the top, it's it's a pretty bad film. Then you get the reboot in 2003, which, into this day, is the scariest movie experience I've ever had in theaters. and I, That goes to say, because I've been to a lot of theaters for horror films, and it's my favorite horror remake. And it's actually my... I can't do that. Then you had the prequel uh, to the remake, The New Beginning, which I think doesn't get a lot of love. A lot of people like that film more than the, the original and the remake, and it's definitely up there for me, but I wouldn't go that far. Then you have Texas Chainsaw 3D. Oh my god, I just dropped my glasses for a reason. Good Leatherface performance, but that movie is fucking, the first half is really good, but the ending, they try to make Leatherface, let let me tell you, for people who don't know who Leatherface is, Leatherface is this fucking cannibal who wears leather, a face as a mask. A face of somebody. Literally. And they try to make him an anti-hero in the end of it. Not a fan of that film at all. Um, I'm sorry, I be mean, a little loud. Um, and also the Leatherface. They, then we had a prequel called Leatherface that that led to the events of the the original, which it led up to Leatherface, which actually I like. Kind of has a real Bonnie Bonnie and Clyde vibe to it. If you get what I'm saying, like the way it is and shit. It's actually a pretty good film. Then it' been a while, and we've got the word that they were going to make a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, obviously, I heard I'm like I'm excited. And I was wondering where they're going to go off. And basically, they did a Halloween 2018 thing where they retconned everything and they said, we're just going to go off the original one and nothing else matters. Not in the prequels, nothing. I was like, okay. All right. Let's see how this goes. They did this route before, they've done it twice. They did it once before. Can they do it? Now, I walked in with low expectations for this film. Very low expectations. It was not one of the films I. I mean, it was on my radar for top 10, but I just said it because I was a horror fan. You see what it is, what it it is. And I'll be honest with you, I walk, every time I watch it, I've watched it four times since it's been out. Every time I watch it, I like it more and more and more and more. Now, start with this. I'm going to do a rank, I'm going to break down the positives, the mixed elements, the negatives, and I'm going to give you a rating at the end of it. And I'm going to recommend how, if you would watch this, would you go out and buy it? Or I can tell you, just don't even worry about watching it. And, or I'll tell you to go fuck, the, uh, fuck that movie because it's horrible. That's how I'm going to rank these for you. So, I watched it. You know, I came home one morning, on the last Friday. I watched it. And, um, you know, I walk into it. First off, they shot this movie, I think, in Venezuela. I can't say it. But they didn't shoot it in Texas. Obviously, they shot overseas. And the atmosphere, what they did... It was I it felt like text because I did some research. It was the basically what the, the story starts around these four kids that are that bought this old abandoned town. And basically this old abandoned town with these other people are gonna they're gonna rebuild this new town, and they're gonna do this and that with it, right? Well basically <sighs> when they did when they do this. They did this. It was a good concept of having writing because there's a lot of towns in Texas that are like this. They're abandoned. They're ghost towns, basically. So I I, I kind of dug that. Doing some research, I was like, okay, that, that's pretty cool. Why they went with that? Now, um, outside of that, they got the four main casts. And actually, I'm gonna pull the cast up here so I make sure because I don't screw their names up. how's your day going guys mine it's going fantastic <clears throat> <laughs> gotta love what i do i should be more prepared oh well first work with me work with me work with me Ah, here we are so basically the cast of Sarah Yarkin as Melody. She's a San Francisco moneymaker who drags her sister with her to Texas on a business trip out of the fear of living in her own city. Ellis Fisher is Leela, obviously Melody's sister. She sort of, and they. they I'm going to touch on her character more. you got Jacob L- Lotti as Dante Spivey, who's a close friend of Lee, And you got Mona Richard. Um, I'm sorry, no. Ola Flora. No, 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 no. Oh, uh, Neil Hudson as Ruth, who's Dante's girlfriend, soon-to-be wife in this. So basically what they do, what they do with this is when they retcon it, they made it like this whole thing where basically nobody knows what happened to Leatherface after all these years. Nobody knows what happens to him. Sally Hardesty, who is is basically the Jamie Lee Curtis of this film, and people know Halloween reference will get that reference, she comes back for revenge, and I'm going to fucking unload on her character here in a minute, but just give me time. She, uh, basically, you know, she she was brought back into this, which got my attention. At first, like, oh, they're bringing Sally Harstie back as, as a prequel? Like, okay, like, how are they going to pull this off? So, basically, she, her side story is she becomes a Texas Ranger, and she's been looking for letterfish for 50 years at this point. She hasn't caught him. So... Basically, um, these four kids go to the town. They get to the town. They get to the town. And they meet up with a guy named Richard, who's a mechanic, Mechanic, who is going to help work on things around the town and fix stuff for them to help them out. And they're getting paid for it. Well, they wanted this story. And while they are in the town, uh, Dante realizes there's a rebel flag, because it is in Texas. They have a rebel flag. Hanging outside of an orphanage that I think is abandoned. When they go to the orphanage, they realize somebody else is in that house. Of that house. So, basically... Basically, they go into the, the house and they think they own the property. Basically, they get into it with her. And she ends up, like, puking and getting sick. Basically, she has a fucking heart attack. Leatherface comes downstairs without his skin mask on. He carries her out there leaving. And, you know, everybody's freaking out, freaking out, freaking out. What's going on, whatever. But there's people, the other people have come from the bus. And I'm going to talk about that bus scene. There are people come from the bus, and they're going to be there. They're going to party and have a good time or whatever and all this other stuff. So, basically... You know, they cut back to, you know, and also I would like to add that Dante's girlfriend, um, <clears throat> Dante's girlfriend Ruth, she rides back with them to make sure that the woman's okay. The woman ends up dying in the back in Leatherface's arms. And Leatherface snaps and starts to commit to killing people. Now, I will let you know this right here. I To me, the Text Chainsaw Massacre is a slasher franchise, and a slasher, a slasher for a horror film, has got an iconic character usually in him. And Leatherface, and I'm always big. If you can't get the main character, the main killer right in the movie, it's gonna be a horrible. I will state for the record, the appearance, the walk, and everything that this guy did, almost he nailed it. He was great, at Leatherface, really good. And actually, this franchise, except for one film, has really nailed Leatherface in my opinion. Made actually two films, they made Leatherface really good. Now I'm gonna talk about the ne- the mix elements on him in a minute, but that's a positive, so that's one positive for you. Uh, so the atmosphere is good. Now the four kids that are survival. The, the the four the main four characters outside of Melly and Lilia Lila, you don't you you know them enough, but you don't really know them. You know what I mean? You don't really sit down and get to know them, know them. Um, Dante is selfish because he wants to go find like Melanie. Starts wondering like, do we have the paperwork on our house? Do we have the paper house? Because she gets word back that she that, that lady died from uh, from Ruth. So, Richard, the mechanic, comes back. He takes the, the bus key. And says, "No, you're not leaving. You're not doing this. You're gonna f- tell me, show me proof that that house is yours." Come to find out, the woman that owned that house, the orphanage or whatever I was telling you about, it, she it was bought. She owned that house. She owned that house. Dante lied. So, when that happens, you start to believe. So, that, we're fast forward. Now, we go back to uh, Leatherface at the, the car. He breaks out, and he pulls out the dead woman. The, basically, the woman who owned the orphanage. She's dead. And he gets a knife, and you know what he starts doing. He starts carving her face up, making, putting the mask on. Putting her, using her, using his Leatherface, using the mask. Now, here's a negative for me. I'm not a big fan of the mask. I thought the mask... I thought... Actually, I'll take it as a mix because I thought the mask, in my opinion, when it's wet and got blood over it, it looks really good. But when it's dry, it just did not fit for me. It just looked like a big blob of shit on his face. Now... I also... There's a... The kills in this are fucking amazing. The first kill, the cop tries to stop Leatherface because he knows he's about to get attacked. Tank. He feels it and Letterface basically grabs his wrist and he pops his wrist up and like dislocates it and the bone pops out of his arm. I thought was that was neat. And he stabbed him in his neck with it, which is pretty fucking cool. Pretty cool kill. So that's a really cool, that's one cool kill. So then, you know, and then the guy fires his gun off. He shoots the cop who's driving the, the van, the station wagon, and shoots him, the paddy wagon, shoots him and run, he runs into a, a thing. Now it stops. Letterface gets out, cuts the face, yada, yada, yada. The guy who got shot in the neck. Wakes up. He's not dead. Leatherface then takes a big metal pipe or something like that. And hits him over the head twice and kills him. Then, of course, Ruth tries to play like she's dead or she's out. She tries to escape. Leatherface ends up stabbing her across her stomach. Pretty good. Solid kill. And Roof actually drives, drops a tear she's dying. So I thought a little dramatic. I like it. And then Leatherface walks back to the town. Now we go back. We're going to go back to where I was talking before I went back, where I backtracked. So Richard finds out what's going on. And also, Richard and Lily, the second, the, the younger sister, of Mel- the, the sister to Melanie, they start befriending each other. Like, they get nice with each other. Also, Lilla, as I like to say, Lily or Lila, I apologize. She's also, um, she's afraid of guns because she survived a school shooting. Which is, I thought was a little trauma to her. And Melanie, by the way, she was okay, but she's a really like a control freak, like a little bitch in my opinion. So, she was like the main character, but she was a little bitch in a way, like a bitchy, so it it was it was a pretty good mix cuz you know horror films, they always got the nerd, they always got the drama queen, they always got the bitch, they always got the 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 uh, the uh, the athlete, the funny guy, you know, the, the you know the one two couples that get together and make it work. Yeah. So, Ruth, before she dies, she phones in. She uses a police radio station and she phones in. Somebody, he, he escaped. He's cutting off this girl's face. There's a guy at the beginning of the film at a gas station. He hears it and he calls Sally Hardesty. And Sally picks up the phone and she finds out his it's face. So she goes to. she she cut, She's carving up a fucking pig, which I thought was pretty cool. She comes back. She grabs all her shit. She pulls down. Her mirror in a car and her picture of Franklin, Jerry, and the two other people whose names escape me from the original film sees a picture of them. And she closes up. She later that night goes to the crime scene, sees what happens, and she knows, okay, it's official. Leatherface is back. So we go back to fast forward. Now they find now they go back to the the, work. They go back to um the orphanage. They go back to it. And Melanie and Dante are going in there to look. They're going in to look, and they Melanie finds out that that Dante lied. They didn't buy that orphanage. That orphanage was in that lady's name. So basically, they killed that lady. They forced her to have a heart attack. Basically, they're responsible for her death in a way. So that kind of was a mixed bag for me because I'm like, now you're giving it makes you feel like Leatherface has a motive to kill. Like they did have a texture chainsaw 3D, but this is a little executed more. So I, I was kind of mixed on that. So then, Leatherface shows back up and he sneaks upon Dante and he takes a meat cleaver and he. I thought at first he cut him in his neck. No, he actually cut him. He, he cut him in his neck and he falls down. So I think okay, he cut him in his neck. He's dead. Melanie goes upstairs and she's hiding from Leatherface now and she sees Leatherface. Leatherface is like going to the closet and grabbing the you know, you know, you know. The character's name that passed the 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 the, the home care of that orphanage. Her name was Ginny. He, she's, he's grabbing her, her like her makeup, and he's putting on her mat on her face, on the, the mat, the leather face he's got, putting on her face. He's smelling her clothes. Then he sees the party bus outside the window. And he the leather face like snaps, starts throwing shit around. Meanwhile, Dante somehow gets up, walks outside. Richard goes outside, to see what happens. He turns around and he sees Dante is cut, got slashed from a bottom ear drum. All the way down to his chin from his jawline. And his mouth is spread wide open. So very cool in my opinion. And Dante dies. Right then and there. Basically. So Richard goes upstairs to investigate. And him and Leatherface get into the damnedest fight. Like Leatherface kicks his shin in. He fights back. Broken windows. He stabs him in the neck. And then he takes the hammer. And literally smashes Richard's head. And, and by the way. It's one of those classic horror films where he's underneath the bed. He's underneath, underneath the bed. And um he, he lands right by the side of the bed and Melanie's underneath the bed, underneath the bed, and she's watching him get his head pounded in classic horror shit. Fucking I love that. Then, um, obviously, you know, uh, you know, he had he had the keys, obviously to the bus and his truck, and he laid it up. He knew he was about to die, he laid him there in his hand so Melanie could grab it. So, she thinks Leatherface leaves, so she has her chance to leave and escape. So, she escapes. She turns around as she looks up the stairs. Somehow, somehow, I forgot how it was. And you go back and watch it, but she walks down the stairs. Somehow, way. Leatherface catches her, throws the hammer at her. She falls back and falls through the stairs, and then Leatherface cranks up that chainsaw. He finds his chainsaw, cranks it up, and he's dragged to the floor trying to get her. Then her sister, the Lily, comes and saves her ass. Now... Let's talk about the bus scene. Now it starts rain. Now, obviously, the trailers show you the bus scene about the cancel thing. Left face gets on this party bus, and for me, if you're gonna do a slasher film, there's one thing you gotta have. You gotta have blood and gore. And God Almighty, did it have blood and gore! Whew, love it, loved it. Like it was awesome. And there was some stupidity too in this as well, because some of the kids. They of using the windows, they all crowd to the back of the bus and Leatherface just chopping up one by one. And also here's a here's a negative for me. I'm not a big fan of CGI, especially when it's in horror. I think practical effects is better in horror films than CGI. There's a little fake there's a little CGI blood in this I'm not very fond of. But overall that scene was awesome. But it made Leatherface look like a brutal bastard. Like just a malice and a piece of just a ugh, monster. And I just thought it was awesome. It was just an awesome, 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 awesome scene. So obviously Lilla and Melanie escape and Sally Harsey shows up right at time and she gets him in the car and basically she tells him you guys gotta stay because he's not gonna stop till he gets his hands on you. So Leatherface goes back up to the orphanage. Sally Harsey grabs her shotgun and you're thinking okay we're gonna get this big client, big scene with them. And this is where I'm going bitch. Sally Harsey goes up there and she names off the names to the people of Leatherface. And she goes, say my name while holding the gun. Say my name. And Leatherface walks right by her, doesn't even acknowledge her. And she realized that he doesn't remember her. And I'm sitting there watching. If you don't pull, I'm sitting there thinking, pull the goddamn trigger. He's right there. Like, what are you doing? And then Leatherface goes outside and he goes to chase the car, the girls in the car. Sally Horsey all of a sudden shows back up and shoots him and laughs and goes, I'm the one you got away and I'm going to make sure you don't get away this time, motherfucker. That scene right there about made me turn off the movie. It annoyed me that bad. Because it's like, you had your chance right then and there now you're going to do it. I know it's Hollywood and cinema, but god damn, there's some realism to this shit, y'all. And then of course... Leatherface, it, he gets away from her, so she's walking around this town trying to find his gun, and she hears a noise, and all of a sudden, good scene, by the way, this good, this does get good, Leatherface runs out of nowhere, and they go into a fight, He, she, her, she runs out of ammo, so she takes a knife starts stabbing him in the stomach, Leatherface basically does a chainsaw thing, like he pushes through her torso, and starts doing the thing she's shaking, and he literally throws her 40 feet, throws her 40 feet, and then he goes to the gir- goes out, and then Melanie gets the car, gets into the the keys. Of the uh, they get to the car, they get the, the, her truck, and then she's gonna run them down. And Letterface throws a chainsaw at the windshield and throws them all out of whack, and they run into something. And then he goes to go after the girls, and Sally Harrison gets off two shot gets off two shots finally at him, and he runs into the like uh, I think an abandoned movie theater. So Melanie and Lila are trapped. Well, Lila gets out. And she gets out, and side she does this little, don't run, don't run, it'll haunt you forever. And she dies. Presumably. They never officially said about it, she's dead. And it's just like, what the fuck? It was just like, I just felt like they could have executed it. It wasn't the actress's fault, it was the writing. I honestly believe that they could have, I just wish they would have, in my opinion, done something delicious a little bit different. I just wish they would have wrote it a little bit better. So that's my big negative with this. Outside of the runtime, which I'm gonna talk about this, that was my big negative, negative with Sally Hardesty. Just it was just a big negative negative for me. So they go into the movie theater and this is actually probably the best scenes in the movie. Outside of the bus, it's probably the best part of the movie in the ending too, which I like. So they she gets in this fight with Leatherface. They fall into this big puddle, like this big like this big I don't know. It was like a it was a hole in the ground, but it rained so much it like it flooded. So they fall in this flood, and Lila's not gonna get. It looks like Lila's about to die, and Melanie comes in and saves her sister. And they do a scene where they get the chainsaw, and Leatherface turns around and she takes a chainsaw and she hits him beside the chin, and he falls back in the water. And presumably, they killed Leatherface. So I'm like, okay, they killed Leatherface. Cool. That, you know, whatever. Whatever. Like, all right, he's dead. Cool. Good way to end the franchise. Even though, in the back of my mind, I'm going that I'm in the movie. In my mind, the motherfucker's probably alive. So they get into this car with this Tesla. The Tesla car, I believe. And they're driving away. Leatherface somehow shows back up. He snatches Melanie through the window. Drags her out. Layla is trapped. So she gets in the summer. She's screaming, no, no. And Leatherface... Chainsaws Melody's head off. Clean cut. Cuts it off. Cuts it off completely. And and then they do the Leatherface dance and and Layla's screaming in the background and they end the movie like that. Pretty good ending. I'm fine with it. And then we had a post credit scene where Leatherface is walking and he shows back up at the old house in the original film and the film ends right there, there. So here's my thing. Positives. Great Leatherface, great atmosphere. Um, solid casting. Badass kills, that bust scene the ending, the climax, and the post scene I'm fond of. Mixed bag, name four characters. You don't really get to know a lot outside the, uh, outside the two sisters. They're really not really, they're just there. Um, also mixed on trying to do the anti-hero thing with uh, Leatherface doing a, doing a um, Making him an uh, anti-hero, sort of. Giving him a motive to kill again. I get it, but at the same time, it's like, I, I don't hate it. It's It was executed better than Texas Chainsaw 3D. Negatives. I'm not a big fan of the runtime. I feel like if they had an extra 10 or 15 minutes in this movie, this movie would have been really good, in my opinion. It would have been, it, it will move up the spots in my rank, which I'm going to rank here at the end of the review. And, side Harsty. I cannot fucking stand that. I just didn't like the way she was executed. Also, I thought Richard could have been in the end, the, the mechanic. I felt like he could have got a little bit more shine. On, let me get a little, little swig of water real quick. So, overall, guys, I really liked it on a scale of 1 to 10 because that's where I rate my movies. I don't do 5s. I do 1 to 10s. I'm going to give it a solid 7 out of 10. I really, really liked it a lot. Also, I make. I did like the score, too. The score is pretty good. So, um, that's another plus. So, 7 out of 10. I would recommend you guys to watch this on Netflix. It'll never go off, but, you know, before I go and buy it or whatever, just watch it on Netflix. It, my opinion, I quit collecting Blu-rays a long time ago. And I'll get to a funny story about that one day when I talk about DC. Because there's a certain film I refuse to own. And that's why I quit buying Blu-rays, basically. So, um, basically, I, would keep, I just would stream it. Before I would watch it. If you want to buy it, maybe you have a different opinion. Maybe you'll end up hating it or you may end up loving it. where you want to buy it from your home for your home video collection or whatever. But that's just my opinion. I really liked it. Now, how would I rank the franchise? Because there are I believe nine films. Let's see. There are one, two, three, four, five, six. Wait a minute. There are nine films in this, so I'm going to start with the bottom. Number nine, for worst, I'm going to go with Tex Chainsaw Master, New, The Next Generation. Number eight, I'm going to go with, I never thought I'd say this, Text Chainsaw 3. It's just it's a forgettable film. Number seven, Text Chainsaw 3D, You know I hate the second half of the film, that first half I really do like. It's got a pretty good little face. Number six, I'm gonna go the Leatherface prequel we got in 2017. Top five, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2022, the one I just recently reviewed. I did like it, made the top five. Number four for me is Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two, the uh, sequel to the original one. Number three, the New Beginning, the, the prequel to the remake in 2003. And all right, let's talk about the top two. So obviously, it's the remake and the original one. Where do I stand with this? Well. I love both movies. If I had to like make a list of top twenty-five, the thirty horror films, are both in it. And I'm gonna go off. I'm gonna catch a lot of shit for this. Number two will be the original for me, and number one will be the remake. I just like the remake more, and I love both films. I had I, I love both of those movies. Like if they're on TV or anything, like I watched, I watched, I got a Shredder account through Amazon. I watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre original one. Constantly, and I've been watching the the uh, the remake and the prequel back and forth on Netflix. They both are on Netflix, so and I like it. I actually like uh, those three, those top three films. I'm big, I'm big fans of. Actually, the top five, I'm really big fans of. Honestly, so overall, guys, um, I I was a big fan of it. Now, the Procrest scene. Here's my thing: If Netflix thinks there's a cash option on this, they think they, they can do something. And they think they can make a little money. I think um, I'm down for it. I'm down at that they want to make a they may want to make a trilogy out of this. Possibly, I'm down for it because I think that the the Chainsaw Massacre franchise does a lot of good things. It's very gory and very violent film. It's it's it touches on a lot of things. A lot of people thought it's actually a true story. It's based on a serial killer named Ed Gein, but what hap- that never happened, obviously, in Texas. I mean, there's been stories about it, but it's never happened. So overall, guys, um, yeah, I'm excited. If that if that post-credits scene leads to a, a, a trilogy or a second or third film, I'm all for it, man. Because I really have faith. That Netflix, I think Netflix did a hell of a job with this. I really like it. Like I said, I have my issues with it. It's not perfect, but I, I walked away. Like liking more and more, I watch The more and more, I really like it. So I watched it four times and I like it. So that concludes that. Now let's talk about previews for the next two weeks. So I already got my next my like I said I had my first three episode my th- first three episodes of this podcast I've had all three planned. Second episode, I'm gonna just do a quick recap of the week. Obviously, I'm I re- will record that later this week. I'm recording this right now on a Wednesday. So hopefully by Sunday or Monday this episode will be up. If it's up or earlier now, I will obviously brag and post about it. Um so next week I'm just gonna do a quick recap of things. I want to talk about there's a documentary I'm gonna review. I'm gonna review that Juice World documentary on HBO Max. A couple people at work have been telling me about it. And I'm I'll give you a reason why I'm gonna do that. I'm not gonna go in more detail. But then the following week is my birth March 4th is my birthday. Certain DC film is coming out March 4th called The Batman. And Jared Eastbrook, shout out to my boy Jay Bone. He's we're going to see that. Also, Marcus Scott and Kyle Lord are going with me too. Well, I will let you guys know this right right now. I will review that film and its entirety. That will be a big review on here. Also, I'm gonna talk more DC. And Jared is gonna actually gonna be on the show with me, so he will be my first guest. So, Jerry and I are going to review that film together. He's a DC nut. He's really a closet Marvel fan, but I let it slide. <laughs> I'm just kidding, J-Bone. He's probably here like, hey, motherfucker. I can hear him right now. Hey, Bubby. Hey, Bubby. Look here, bald eagle, bub. Yeah, whatever. But uh, overall, I got that planned for the next couple weeks, and then more and more as we go down, I'll have other stuff going on. So, overall, guys, this is the conclusion of the show. I appreciate you all listening, being really patient with me, waiting for the show, but it is here now. And just remember for it, y'all, for I sign off. I don't bullshit. I just tell it like it is, straight up. Have a good one, y'all.